the Cult Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cult Worthy Podcast. Join us. Attention. The Milf and Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Milf and Me podcast. I'm your host, Antonio, along with my lovely co-host, Diana. Diana, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Welcome back to the studio. Can I pay you a compliment? I mean, I'll take what I can get. Sure. You're looking hot today. <laughs> but you know what? Thanks. You might be looking too hot. Uh-oh. Like flashing hot. Are you okay? You also asked me to turn <laughs> the fan up and you never do that. Yeah. What's going on over here? I have my little personal fan over here on the table. It's... Pretty embarrassing. Well, there's a reason why I asked this, because you gave me some information last week that, I mean, I I'm a guy, but I'm your friend. I sympathize. I empathize. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make for an interesting conversation today. Maybe a little bit too real or raw of a conversation. We'll see where it goes as we go on through this. But uh, what are we talking about today? Um, well, I'm having I'm going through some changes. Like, I'm transitioning. <laughs> <laughs> You have to be more specific these days when you use that word. <laughs> I am transitioning from um, a MILF to a GILF. Oh, no. Are you saying that one of your children are expecting? No, God, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh-uh. No, um, I'm going through this thing. I was really hesitant to share this, but mm -hmm. here we are. Um it's the thing before menopause. It's called perimenopause. I have never heard that word before. And that's why I'm glad we're doing this episode because I feel like I'm going to learn something today. You're going to learn a lot today. Maybe a lot of our listeners are going to learn a lot today. I mean, I hope so. And I hope it's not too... Per I mean, sometimes I feel like it might be too personal to have this conversation. However, this is me and it's my life and it's literally what I'm going through. And I feel like our listeners really need to know the real us. I think it's important. All this time, I just thought you were kind of crazy because <laughs> I keep my house at a very nice 72 degrees. 72? Jesus Christ. And I always feel like I need a hoodie or something. I'm always a little bit warm. And every time you come into the studio, you're like, it is so hot in here. Can I have a fan? Can I have my fan? Can I have my fan? You get a <laughs> gallon of water there that you're drinking. I'm like, how is this bitch so hot? I know. Open the fucking window. It's like 20 degrees outside. 20 outside. degrees outside. Yeah. And then you text me, you're like, oh my God, I know why I've been so hot lately. Yeah, I had to literally go to the doctor, Antonio. It was a thing, like about, for about three months, honestly, I've been going through the craziest shit, mostly night sweats. I wake up two to three times a night, drenched to the point where my hair is soaking wet, my sheets, my clothes. I'm doing laundry nonstop, waking up, broken sleep. It's a, it's a hot mess, literally. Literally a hot mess. <laughs> And that's going to affect 
everything that happens in your day. Absolutely, it will. Like, I'm one of those lucky people. I'm not sure how lucky it is because apparently we live less longer than other people. But I'm one of those people that can get by like on three, four hours of sleep and mm-hmm. I'm totally good. Yeah, I'm good at four to five, but it's way less than that right now. Yeah, and my partner, if she doesn't have a solid eight, then she's dog shit the rest of the day. <laughs> and somehow it's my fault. And sometimes it might be, I don't know. But yeah, it, it can affect the rest of your day if you don't get solid sleep. If you're getting interrupted, especially by night sweats yes. and hot flashes and all these things that you've been telling me you've been going through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just one of those things that I sympathize so much for you because it's something that I'll never have to go through. Mm-hmm. But I will be going through other things that we found in the research today that we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk about perimenopause since I am with, what, Princess Perimenopause right now. <laughs> yep, that is me. That is me. Here I am. So according to the data, it starts around menopause and refers to the time during which your body makes a natural transition to menopause, marking the end of the reproductive years. Premenopause is also called the menopausal transition. Women start perimenopause at different ages. So the average age for menopause is 51 plus. Yes. Perimenopause can start 10 years before the normal menopausal symptoms. So between the ages of 35 and 45, and you are smack fucking dab in the middle. Yes, I am. Did you even know that perimenopause was a thing until this was going on? Um, I had no idea, quite honestly. And I do have to say really, really quick, I feel really lucky and blessed that this is the issue because I'll tell you why I even went to the, into the doctor in the first place. Uh-huh. As you know, Antonio, I'm a cancer survivor. You are. I, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was diagnosed when I was 24. Um, I've been in remission for 16 years, and my oncologist, before she released me, you know, from my care, she said, you know, there's a really high chance that you'll get a second cancer. The likelihood of having Hodgkin's lymphoma come back again is unlikely. However, leukemia or breast cancer, right? you know, I'm at higher risk for those things. So all of my symptoms, and I won't go through all of them because I don't want to bore everybody on here, but... Every single symptom I was having aligns with leukemia. And I'm not the type of person that freaks out over stuff because I've been through so much medical shit in my 41 years of life that I just nonchalantly handled it for three months. And then I decided, oh, I'm going to call my doctor and see if I can get in. So I go in and get a full panel blood draw. Uh And that is how they figured this out. So I will take this any day over the other. In a way, I'm blessed, but in a way, it's like a little depressing because I'm getting old. <laughs> I just went from MILF to GILF. And for <laughs> reals, like it's 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 a little bit depressing. It's kind of funny, too, because, I mean, it's humorous. We have, you know, we have humor around it. But, yes, I'm smacked out in the middle. I had no idea that this could happen so soon, so early. I don't feel old enough to be going through menopause or perimenopause. I but I do feel like I'm 65 now that I have this diagnosis. Well, I mean, that's all in your mind. And especially yes. when I'm looking through this, like 35 yes. to 45 years old for perimenopause, <laughs> we all say we're old all the time. We make that joke. Oh, man, I'm old as fuck right now. <laughs> yeah. And this is probably the first year where I'm actually starting to feel it, maybe even see it. But here's the thing is like the average life expectancy is now past 80. So you and I are literally smack dab in the middle of our life expectancies God forbid, (laughs) you just talked about, you know, risks of other things happening Mm -hmm. or me. I'm kind of a dumbass. I might, you know, drive off the road because 
I'm too intent in listening to a podcast or something <laughs> or eating French fries in the front seat. That is my biggest fear. Oh, no. I've always had this fear that I am going to die because I drive off the road and off a cliff because I'm reaching for the last French fry in the bag. <laughs> that is an actual fear of mine. I've talked about that in therapy. And oh, like, I love this so I, much. I told my therapist, like, I want to put in my will, right, that if I do die that way, you cannot disclose that in my obituary <laughs> that I fucking died reaching for the last French fry in the bag. Antonio was a foodie, but we never thought he'd go this way. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what if it was like the worst French fry? Like, what if it was like uh, an Arby's French fry? Yeah, I hope it was worth it. <laughs> right? Like if it was a McDonald's French fry or a Crown Burger French fry, maybe, maybe. worth it. It's like, no, he died because he was reaching for the last curly fry in a bag. So good. Fuck my life if that yeah, happened. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> So I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Does this scare you? Yeah. I mean, so so I haven't had a period or periods for 12 years. Like I had a special surgery. So uh, perimenopause, you have irregular periods. And it's kind of that moment where you know that you cannot have kids anymore. Like your childbearing years are over. Right. Well, that ended for me right after I had my last baby. And okay. she's 12 now. So I'm not, that has nothing to do with it. Am I scared? No, I mean, yes and no, mostly because what I just said, I feel like it's just, it's a mind fuck. I feel like I'm getting older and I am old. I'm 55, 65 now in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the mood swings, um, you know, I'm, I'm tracing back to like the relationships I've had over the past, mm. you know, because I don't know how long I've been in this. I could, it could be 12 months now. I don't know. And I'm like, I wonder if I should message those people and be like, hey, Remember when that that one time I was completely psycho? It was because I'm going through this. <laughs> this is my excuse. Um, but no, the mood swings, the night sweats, those types of things that I'm experiencing now, I'm in the middle of it. It's exhausting. It's confusing. I feel um, tired all the time. You know, and there's other things as well. There's like the depression, my depression gets worse, uh, headaches. Obviously, I just said mood swings, forgetfulness, um, spacey. I feel way more spacey. Like, and this is when I'm not having on an edible. This is when I'm not taking a gummy and I'm just like 100% me. And I'll be sitting there going, oh my God. And I'll be like, it'll just hit me that I forgot to do something or. I mean, this is why women are maybe leaving their kids in the car at Target when it's 155 degrees outside. I'm like, well, did we find out why? Like, why are they forgetting their kids in the car when they got, right. you know, like people are leaving their kids in the car when they get home from grocery shopping and they go inside and they forget their kids in there two hours later. Did I forget something super important today? Like something feels missing. Like, why are there only two kids at the dinner table right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Oh, yeah, Zach's working. Or, yeah, you know, it's like, it's just weird things like that. So it's not scary as much as it's just, it's unknown right now. The unknown scares me a little bit. Well, and then the whole point of this podcast when we started putting it together was just like the dating and relationship world yeah. for people in our age groups or our situations it's funny that you said, hey, maybe I should like text an ex or text a dude. <laughs> that can be scary sometimes because if you just text him, hey, we need to talk. <laughs> no, no, no. I would just put it in the message. Like, oh, shit. What did she give me? <laughs> but no, instead it's like, hey, remember that time I was fucking psycho? It's because I was going through perimenopause. Yeah, yeah. As if that's a pass, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm going through it right now. So I'm still a little crazy. <laughs> that's why I'm messaging you a year later. No. Um, 
Yeah. So to your point, it's a little weird with the dating stuff because I was chatting with somebody when I went to the doctor Mm -hmm. and I told him about it, you know, like a day or two later. And I was a little nervous to tell him. And I don't know if this is just a coincidental, but five days or four days, five or six days, maybe he friend zoned me. Mm. And it's been a minute since I've been friend zoned. And I was like, huh. And then I thought, started thinking, well, shit, I'm going through menopause. Who the fuck wants to be with a premenopausal woman that's having hot flashes, that's grumpy and has all this bullshit that she's dealing with? So, yeah, I mean. I mean, I get it. I get shit. how that can be like a literal fear for you. Yeah, I can't put myself in, in your situation at all because. Like I said, I'm a man. I don't have to go through that. And you're not dating. I'm not dating. <laughs> but also, remember, we're talking to Captain Simp over here. Yes, Simp. That wouldn't matter to me because, hey, even though I'm only like 41, almost 42, I consider my child rearing years to be over as well. Absolutely. I had a baby at 39, and I'm like, that's it. I am done. I don't want to be a dad past 40. Yeah. And not because I don't think I could do it. I just know that my energy levels are going to decrease and I want to save whatever energy I have for my kids that I have now. Absolutely. You know, to to me, that's most important. But if I was unchilded, if I didn't have any kids, Mm -hmm. I would consider a person like you perfect dating material for me because A, I don't have this high value mentality of like, you need someone who's at their peak level, blah, blah, blah. I would love someone that I could like, oh, I feel old as fuck today. Yeah. Do you feel old as fuck today? Well, let's go do old as fuck stuff together. <laughs> let's go to the Golden Corral. Let's go feed pigeons in the park. And then, you and know, then let's we'll, take a nap. We'll have some Earl Grey at like three o'clock. You know, <laughs> that sounds so amazing to me right now. Some Earl fucking Grey. Here we go. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I think that in your case, I think this just might change now what you are going to have to start looking for in a man. Yes, I don't wish that upon you, but because of your track record, Mm -hmm. it might be the best thing for you. Yeah, I mean, I do have a track record. Yeah, that's another episode. But yes, no, I agree with you. Um, I've had a lot of younger guys reaching out to me, like younger than 10 years younger than me. Right. So younger than 31, if you can do the math. Cougar plus. (laughs) And I'm just like... Do you know how old I am? Like, (laughs) have you looked at any of my social media? Like, I post shit about my birthday and all this shit all the time. And those are people I I can't fuck around with that because that's going to make me real extra 65 at that point. So you're right. I'm going to have to change who gets my attention. Um, Those people aren't getting my attention, but they're getting my response. I respond to them like, Oh, thanks for saying hi. Thanks for saying I'm cute. Do you know how old I am? Like, why am I Why am I engaging in this fucking conversation when I know they're a child, you know? Right. What about the idea that this is kind of like maybe a relief now? You know, th- there is something to be said, maybe subconsciously, that, I mean, it's not that you're going to have kids anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you finally graduate from driving sports cars to a modest family van or SUV, you know, where you're like, okay, the days of driving something flashier over, I need room for all the bags from Costco. Like that's the kind of progression that some of us eventually make. Mm -hmm. What if this is just that, but you're looking at as a physical thing and a mental thing? I mean, I definitely have a lot of um, 
good excuses now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I forgot. I'm going through perimenopause. Oh, I'm sorry. I... I don't have enough sleep. I'm. I can't work today. I'm going through perimenopause. Jesus, now I want perimenopause. <laughs> no. Um, to answer your question, yeah. I mean, a lot of things are going to change for me. You know, I'm a night owl, for example. Right. I love to stay up late. However, when I know I'm going to wake up four to five times a night or two to three times a night, whatever the number's going to be that evening, with night sweats, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to change my pajamas or get a t-shirt panties whatever i mean we're talking soaking wet as if i was just submerged into a shower or bathtub okay it's bad then i go to bed a little bit earlier now than i normally Mm. would no more 1 a.m 2 a.m binge watching my favorite show 10 11 o'clock's coming around and i'm going fuck i really (laughs) ought to think about going to bed right now you know um and then some nights to my surprise i will be able to sleep through the night Mm-hmm. And nothing, I'll have nothing, which those are like, those are the nights I wake up or the mornings I wake up and I'm like, oh shit, I feel rested. Like this is going to be a good day. And I can like get on my feet and just go. Um, already I'm not a morning person. So the broken sleep is a huge issue for me because I already don't want to get out of bed in the mornings. So now I'm just extra, extra, extra grumpy tired as fuck and now I have a pile of fucking laundry to do more so than I did before (laughs) you know what I mean so it's like what gives like Jesus Christ can I just can I catch a break no sorry (laughs) no breaks allowed it's 2023 we don't get breaks anymore (laughs) yeah you're right so when we were kind of like digging into just the research about perimenopause and menopause we found something I thought was really interesting that there is a controversial idea that men go through menopause too. That's right. And it's called andropause. I had never heard about this at all. Yeah. Probably because I was resisting the idea that I'm going to be old someday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm accepting, now I'm accepting it. Mm-hmm. Male menopause. Is it real? Women may not be the only ones who suffer from the effects of changing hormones. Some doctors are noticing that men are reporting some of the same symptoms that women experience in perimenopause and menopause. The medical community is debating whether men really do go through a well-defined menopause as their testosterone levels decline. Doctors say that men receiving hormone therapy with testosterone have reported relief of some symptoms associated with so-called menopause. Okay, so I can totally jump on board with this mm-hmm. because when I was 37, 38, I noticed some real big changes in me. Okay. Mostly had to do with, I just wasn't getting as much of a workout. I was getting tired more f- quickly. Mm-hmm. I was feeling more just lethargic at the end of the day. So I went in, had my physical and I had low T. <gasps> oh. But it wasn't low enough to be like worried about hormone treatment yet. At that point, my doctor was like, hormone treatment for you right now, testosterone therapy would really be superficial. Like if you're just trying to like meet a certain body standard that you set for yourself, Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard, nearly impossible for you to do that by doing the routines that you've been used to doing. Mm -hmm. So they've had me just try herbal supplements. So like I take something called tribulus. I take a bunch of other different things that really help me feel better yeah, without having to do actual 
hormone therapy. Now, here's the thing. I'm not dating anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a person that appreciates how my body is aging as well as theirs. Like we're kind of matching. We're kind of like matching uh, aging yeah. right now. Yeah. So I'm good. But I get that there are some dudes, we've talked about it in our previous episodes, who are trying to find like this high value standard of, of living and expression mm-hmm. in their older ages. And they are turning to hormone therapy. And it's funny because like when you listen to all these dude podcasts, right? Like if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast or any of these other ones, they are pushing the shit out of alpha male stuff, alpha male treatments, Mm -hmm. testosterone. Like they're all champions of it because (laughs) it keeps them in this high value male status. Good for them. You do you. Yeah. But I feel that that is being marketed now more than ever. Think about our dads. You know, our dads, Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't age gracefully, but they knew that there wasn't a fucking pill they could take that they heard some guy talk about on a podcast right. to make them. They just went along with the flow. Yep. And I feel I'm more of that mindset. Maybe I'm like a little more old school that way. Yeah. I'm a thinker and a writer more than I am like a worker and a doer when it comes to physical exertion. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with that. That doesn't mean to say that if I was finding myself in a lot of pain, or if I was f- experiencing some of these things at a level that I couldn't have my same standard or quality of life that I'm used to, mm-hmm. maybe I'd try it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If you didn't have a partner, if you were dating, would that change things for you? On, I'm not going to lie. Probably. Yeah. But again, it's... Would you take like a, a testosterone supplement? Would you do that if you were trying to, I mean, pretty much living my life, my beautiful, fucking, amazing, dating, single life that I live. Seriously, like, would you look into hormone therapy? Would you look into that? Because you would be a little bit more self-conscious about yourself and your body. Right. And aging. I wouldn't write it off. Yeah. But let me explain me. And I I think you already know what I'm going to say because you know me so well. (laughs) What's easier? Is it easier to look and accept and find the person that matches your current vibe and lifestyle that doesn't care about that shit that just wants to like go with the flow with you or is it easier to spend a hundred dollars or more a month on testosterone therapy go to the gym achieve this body style that's almost impossible to sustain for the long run it's going to run out eventually yeah and then find a superficial woman who likes you who you are at that point yeah but isn't going to appreciate you when it doesn't work anymore right well obviously we know which one is easier but it's not the easiest (laughs) look at me it's really hard to find someone that jives with you and matches your energy and accepts your body and you accept theirs and they accept like all the way across the board it's a very difficult Thing to do. Yes. But I understand what you're saying. You never want to meet somebody that's like falling for the. Right. But to me. Not the version of you. Honestly, one of the most attractive things that I find in a person or in a relationship is sustainability. To yes. me, that is yes. more important than anything. And, and, and it is important. I'm, 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 this is going to kind of sound terrible. I don't care about the passion and the intimacy that's at the start of relationships, that's not sustainable. Ask any married couple. You might find some, but the sustainability of like, this is the person that I have created a verbal and emotional contract with, or a physical one if you have kids, Yep. you know, that good times and bad times, 
as long as one of us is trying to always help the other out of a hole or a pit of despair, yeah, that's a sustainable part. I'm not looking for someone who is just counting the minutes that I can't be that person that they fell in love with anymore. And that yes. happens a lot. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And don't, I mean, that's not bad to say. I think it's great. No. It's very difficult to find in this day and age for reals. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. I mean, I never thought in a million, million years I would be divorced for this long ever. Well, and that's why we're doing this podcast. Like I say, the start of every episode in the disclaimer, we are cynical fucks with microphones. Yeah, and true. to me, I think that is so healthy. I think yeah. it's so healthy to be cynical because by being cynical like this, we are really not picking one side or the other. We are picking the side that works for us. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it gives us the liberty to kind of talk some shit on both the good and the bad because we've tried both. Yeah. We've experimented with both. Yeah, right. And what works best for me and it always has is being fucking cynical about everything because if you find a person like that, now you have someone that you can be cynical with together. Right. No, it's been fun. It's been a great release too because I am not a podcast person. I mean, I will listen to a few podcasts here and there, but I'm just, I never have been, you know? Um, Music's my jam. Like I have to have music on nonstop. So this has been fun for me. It's been a whole different world that I've learned about the podcasting. And it's been fun to have people reach out and say thank you or I love this episode because of this reason. And, you know, like the sex, the sex shop, going into a sex shop, how I told you that I had some people send me photos of them in the sex shop. Like I just loved it. It made me laugh so hard and it just made me feel so good that people really listen to our cynical fuckery yeah. on here and it's been fun and i think there's a more i think there are more people like us out there than a lot of people want to admit yeah because we're not the loudest voices in the room right right you know? no i'm definitely not and i'm a leo can you believe that shit <laughs> yeah i like to stay in the background but so before we close this conversation what is your next step like what are you going to do is is this something that you're going to talk about in therapy or is this something that you're just going to just, you know, ride the train and see where it takes you? Yeah, I'm definitely going to talk about it in therapy for sure. I have my next appointments on Tuesday, as a matter of fact. There you go. Um, yeah, one thing that's been hard for me, this is a little bit depressing. I'm going to get a little serious for a second. Um, my mom passed away, mm -hmm. you know, two years ago, coming up on three years this August. and. I guess I never really, when she was around and we spoke and talked on the phone so many times a day and texted all day usually, I never really thought about menopause, <laughs> you know, like I, and I definitely didn't think in a million years that I would be going through this without my mom. Isn't that weird? Like, it is weird. So when, yeah, so when the doctor called me with these results and I was like, kind of joking around with her on the phone. And once I got off the phone, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, oh shit. Like, I don't have a mom. Like, who the fuck am I supposed to talk to about this stuff? You know, like, right. and I just felt really awkward. Like really awkward. I'm an awkward, I'm kind of been awkward anyways lately, I feel <laughs> like. Um, but it was extra. It's been extra this past week. And just for our listeners, this is new, new, new news. Like right. I literally found out last week. Like we literally put other episodes on hold so we could talk about this. And so that just goes to show you that I am 
not a private person. I don't feel like it serves me or anyone else to be super private because it just, you want to connect with the most people, you know, like I don't go out. I don't do the night scene and I'm not a super social person anyways. So I want to make sure that I keep my life open so that other people feel like they can come talk to me about things or reach out to me or even you about some of this stuff that we talk about. So to answer your question, I don't know. That is literally my answer to that. I do not know yet. I'm just going to take it a day at a time and try to get as much rest as I can. Um, talk about it in therapy. I miss my mom terribly. Um, usually when I get like this, it's time for me to go out and see my brother. He lives in Phoenix. So I'm feeling a little homesick, even though this is my home, Utah. It's kind of a weird, awkward stage for me. Well, you know you've got me. You know you've got my person we got your back. You got yeah. a great ex-husband. Yes. And you know I what? Do. We got some listeners that I'm sure would love to reach out and yeah. help you through your stuff. So thank you. If anyone's got any tips for Diana, yeah. feel free to email us. Yes, please. I would love that. love guru you know this is something that we've maybe like talked about in passing in past episodes and that is cheating oh yes you know we've been cheated on before i don't want to go too deep into that rabbit hole right now between you and i because i feel that's going to be an episode eventually mm -hmm, yeah but this is something that i had never heard of and when i found this guru i thought it was interesting but i wanted your take on it so let's go ahead and hear from this guy now so I recently had a woman ask me about what micro-cheating is, in my opinion. Let's go. So micro-cheating can look like little things that can lead up to actual cheating, such as compliments, acknowledgement, communication, texting, phone calls, liking pictures, all the above. And all of these are with the intent that possibly one day when you get together, things may happen. Granted the opportunity. So what is my opinion on micro-cheating? So my opinion is, if you're doing anything away from your partner, when your partner is not around, that would make them uncomfortable if you were in front of them, then you probably shouldn't be doing it, period. So what do you think about that? I just learned a new word. I just need to learn, like I said, I had never heard that term before. Micro-cheating. I've heard people talk about like little things like this before, especially with the invention of cell phones. I mean, even in the earliest days of texting with the old, what, the yeah. T1 or whatever it was, when uh -huh. we had like AABBCCCC. <laughs> yeah. But I, I never really thought about it in this particular aspect of micro-cheating. I can honestly say that I have never done that in the way that he's speaking mm -hmm. to with a partner. Um, they may have considered it if I was like texting you or texting some of my other female friends. Uh -huh. It's almost always platonic. Like we might get saucy in our chats. Right, right. But it's never been like an intent of like trying to set something up away from my partner. Yeah, no, I've never done that either. But I've had um, plenty of it done to me in the past. I mean, okay, if we're going back fresh into my marriage, I had no idea how to be a wife. Excellent I point. I didn't fucking know how to be a wife. And so I leaned on some guy friends, one in particular. And it did. It looked, yeah, 
it was definitely micro cheating. Now that I know this new word, is that going to be like a thing now? Are you micro cheating on me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it could be. I, I, I think it's 100% validated. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, back when I was in my 20s, yes, yes, that I have experienced that. I've done it. And it's not healthy, obviously, but listening to this beautiful man with these beautiful crystal blue eyes. <laughs> um, but listening to that, he's right. Like if it's an uncomfortable conversation to have with your partner standing right there in the room, it's a conversation that shouldn't be had. Well, and it's so like subjective in different terms. Like what if you're planning a surprise birthday party or something and so you're shying away, you don't want them to see it. That's fine, but this guy is not telling you how beautiful your eyes are exactly. or how good your ass looks in those jeans. This is my point though. Um, you have to trust your partner. And, yes. and I always say that relationships are always a gamble. Mm -hmm. Even the most established, secure relationships are a gamble because you are dealing with another human with their own mind their own consciousness, they can perceive anything you do any way they want. Mm -hmm. The important thing is how you have a conversation about it yeah, and how honest you are and how objective you are to that conversation of like, oh, no, no. Do you want me to surprise you on your birthday party or do you want to know everything we're planning because you think that I'm texting someone else? It's a slippery slope. Yeah. And I don't think there's an answer to that other than have better communication and trust with your partner. Yes. All day long. If it is something that your partner is like doing all the time and it becomes suspicious, you get that feeling. Uh -huh. You can oh, yeah. get a gut feeling. I mean, like I had a girlfriend for several years that would take bikini photos of herself and would send them to me, but also like five other people that were like on her backup <laughs> list. And even some of these people had girlfriends. Oh, that is so shitty. Like I, but I was such a fucking simp. I'm like, oh, I mean, if you're not sleeping with them, then I guess it's okay. If I could go back, like I've yeah. said before in the past, and kick the 10-year younger version of me in the balls, mm -hmm. I totally would. But those are lessons that you need to learn. I think my partner and I, we get on each other's cases more often than not these days for like being on each other's phones because yeah. she's trying to build something networking with you know her yoga and her small business stuff. For sure. I'm networking with podcasting and my social media stuff there still is those old instinctual things in our head of like we've been fucked around before. So we already have kind of those guards up and yeah. sometimes those get triggered. Like she's been on her phone a lot. Yeah. I trust her. I know she's not doing anything, but, but it's there, always there. there it's all like, those safeguards. It's a PTSD that's never going to go PTSD away. PTSD that'll never go away. Yeah. It sucks because yeah, my ex-husband's amazing and we're fantastic. He's a great friend of mine and we talk almost every single day. But I was a shitty wife in the beginning of our marriage, you know, and it caused PTSD with him the entire duration of the next 10 years. You know, other things happened about year five for us and it causes it causes a trust. It, once the trust is broken, no matter how it's broken, if it's that micro cheating, if you will, or if it's physical abuse, emotional abuse, any type of whatever, if it if it affects you negatively in the relationship you're in, you will always, always, always carry it with you, no matter what. It's always going to be in the back of your mind and you're always going to be wondering. And so to your point, having the open lines of communication with your partner, making sure you're raw and honest and saying, yo, 
I've been on my, I know I'm on my phone a million times. Like here, you can look at it. I'm just trying to do this or I'm trying to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. and make sure that you're open as to why and what you're doing. I mean, I've dated guys that are like, sorry, hold on just one second. I have to message. This is my business partner. I'm going to message him really quick. Right. Or I'll be on a date. Um, I know this is one of the topics we're going to talk about, but uh, first date. And he's checking his phone constantly. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's my kids. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. Your kids, it's totally good. Like, right. You know, um, because we've all had it happen to us. And that's why we're like, sorry, sorry. Hold on just one second. I'm almost done with this message. It's just to who and who, you know, like it's because it happened to that person. We all have a little experience somewhere in our past where it's been a thing. is the MILF worthy of the week this week? Well, it's a little bit boring. It's not spicy, but it's awesome. Um, A vision board. I made a vision board. I started on it on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And I just finished it (laughs) last week. So old magazines, um, you can go on Amazon and type in vision board book. And there's like all these cute little things that you can cut out that say like little quotes and um, there's like blank checks in there where you can like write yourself a check for 10,000 million trillion billion dollars and put it on your uh, your vision board. So this board is actually the thing I see right when I wake up. I have it in my room right next to my bed. And like I said, I have a bunch of old magazines that I cut out and that little vision board book. And when I see it every day, it has to be somewhere where you can see it every day. But when I see it every day, I'm reminded really fucking fast what a great person I am, regardless of the shit that I've been through, the breakups or people I've hurt or people that have hurt me or the gaslighting I just went through for four months. Right. Um, And it's a good reminder that I'm good. You're good. I got this. Yeah. You know, like I haven't traveled very much and I want to travel the world. That's my one of my biggest goals in life. And that is one of my huge things on my vision board is travel more see the world, explore. Um, it's important. I know it's it's kind of boring. I can see the look on your face right no, now. No, 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 you're no. like, what the fuck? I thought you were going to say like this amazing vibrator or something. No, no, no. no. I'm, in fact, our, our MILF worthies have gotten more practical lately. And I yeah. kind of like that. And here's, here's why I, for my entire life, we kind of talked about this in love languages too. I was the guy that would poo-poo on everything, right? <laughs> so whenever I talk to people about, you got to manifest, you got to have vision boards, you got to have this. You gotta, you know, the secret. Like rolling your eyes, yeah. Like roll my eyes, and you know, you can't see it, but I'm doing the jerk off uh, motion right now. Uh But you know what? I I thought about it. I do the same thing, but I do it instantaneously instead of putting up a board. You do it in a way that works for you. Exactly. That's my point. This podcast and every podcast that I've started. You know what it started with? It started with me one day listening to a movie podcast and being like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. What if I just did a podcast? So I went and bought a USB mic, plugged it in. I recorded a little review of something. I'm like, that sounded pretty good. And I did it again. And I did it again. Here we are almost two years later. Yeah. Working on four podcasts now in a studio that I built because I manifested it. Right. Yes. So I, I didn't have a vision board. The vision board was an instantaneous response to something that I felt that 
was missing. Yeah. And I love it. I agree with you 100% that it is, especially in this day and age of us getting so distracted by shit. Yeah. To remind yourself. Our minds are foggy as fuck. And people can do and say shit to us that can have an effect on us for many years. It's kind of fucking crazy and weird, but it's true. Like people can really affect you in a really negative way. So I'm going overtime right now trying to like, what can I do? What can I bring into my life? Like what foods can I eat? What can I drink? I haven't been drinking alcohol hardly at all. Shocker, I know. Shocker, right? <laughs> um, but no, the vision board is is pretty fucking awesome. I love it. Well, that's another one in the books. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to us talk about menopause. And perimenopause. And, <laughs> and andropause. 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 <laughs> Diana, thank you for being so open about what you're going through. I think that's what makes our show special and the million of shows that are out there. Yeah, you know, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I get to learn more about my favorite. Yeah. Person. Everyone, you know where to find us on the milfandmepod.com. Milf and me on all of the social medias. Don't forget the homework that Diana's given you. Erotic novels, sex shops, bath balls. (laughs) (laughs) Bath balls and vision boards. I love you. I'll see you next week.